This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Biz Pod, where we release two episodes a week. Where we, on Tuesday, we release an interview with an athlete, entrepreneur, thought leader in sports and entertainment. And on Friday, we have a rundown of what happened this week in the, the world of sports biz news, events, jobs. Give you to be very concise. And we actually have a really special guest today um, to help provide some commentary and dialogue about what happened this week. And we have uh, Michael Raziel founder of Our Athletes, and he works with a lot of Olympians and helps them facilitate sponsorship deals and has his own podcast. So super connector, but Michael, uh, super excited to have you on. Yeah, brother. Appreciate it, Nick. It's always fun to hang out with you in the sports biz group. Love the stuff you're doing. So anything to help. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I kind of briefly gave you a rundown, but tell us about your business, what you do with podcasts and kind of how you help Olympians. Yeah, thank you. So I started Our Athletes about two years ago. I work with Olympic athletes and I help them with sponsorships, endorsements and experiential opportunities. The reason I picked Olympic athletes, I always wanted to work with athletes and I always wanted to help people. Um, and about 80 to 90% of our Olympic athletes actually live below the poverty line when it comes to annual income. We get paid in medals, not in dollars. So just trying to help them in any way, shape or form, connecting them with brands, with their missions, their morals, their values, just finding nice partnerships where everyone can be happy. That's amazing. And it's a great problem to be solving. And, you know, if you can capitalize on the underserved or you have the Michael Phelps, you have the Usain Bolts, they don't need as much help, but there's a lot of help that's needed for a lot of the people that year round they're training and there's only one shot and if they get injured or whatever it is. So um, I, I'm all behind with what you're doing. Thanks, man. Yeah, I've, I've talked to hundreds of athletes at this point. Their stories are incredible. Um, and that's really what keeps me doing it. You know, there's other ways to make more money, I'm sure. But uh, it's, it's their stories. It's their inspiration, their motivation and understanding, you know, them representing our country is what I really love about them. So yeah, man. Really appreciate yeah. you having me on today. Thank you. What's the name of your podcast for, for people to check out? Yeah. So the one I have two podcasts, actually. I have one where I interview these Olympic athletes on their story and path to the games. Same name as the business, Our Athletes. Um, and I have another where I just interview people like yourself, hopefully one of these days within the sports industry. Uh, I know. I know. Uh, within the sports industry where we just discuss how they broke into the industry and the mindset they employed to take it to the top. So that one's been a lot of fun too. That one only started a couple months ago, but our athletes probably has about 120 to 130 episodes up now. So if anyone's interested, go check it out. Keep crushing it. All right, let's get right to uh, to it. So today's Friday, March 6th. 6th. There's been a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports business. Um, and we'll just kind of break down some of the top six sports news that we were able to come across this week, starting with the NFL and the NFL PA. Uh, finalizing the language on a new collective bargaining agreement on Thursday morning. The uh, proposed CBA will go to a vote from the league's players, which will have until March 12th to cast the respective ballot per career. This 456 CBA was released to all players on Thursday. 
And this article is coming from Sports Illustrated, but it's a big news where um, this new collective bargaining agreement we mentioned on past episodes, um, it's going to take some time to kind of figure out how to come to agreement where it's putting the players through a lot where they're going to have to remove a preseason game, which increases a regular season game, and it's already a very long season. And then it, it decreases one of the buys in the playoffs for each division. So um, you'll have one buy for, I guess, the top seed, but then all the other players. So you're playing almost two to three extra weeks um, in football, which is very, um, you know, time and physical for these players. But what are your thoughts on this, uh, this CBA from kind of what you've seen, Michael? For, as a fan's perspective, I love it, right? Who yeah. doesn't want an extra week of football? I think that's great. How, from a player's perspective, I just, I don't get it. You know, how, how could you have a one, only one seed getting a buy, you know, as we've seen the last few years, it's normally a one or a two seed that's coming out is because they have that extra week of rest and preparation. Now, if you're going to tell me that, you know, a team might get a buy in week four and then have to play an 18th, a 17th week, an 18th week, and then, you know, go straight into the playoffs, you know, that number two seed, the Kansas City Chiefs would have literally played an extra two games in the span of two weeks, right? Which is, is just crazy to me. So I don't know how players are okay with that aspect, but, um, or at least the high profile players. But I do think of course, you know, there's a lot of guys that are only in the league for a year or two and you know, they're willing to take that extra money. And I, I totally understand where they're coming from. So it's a really interesting, uh, interesting way of going about it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, I mean, it's already a physical season. These players get really beat up by the end of it. Uh, it's definitely going to put some more money in their pockets, especially for maybe the players that are on practice squad or get some some smaller playing time. They could be interesting to that. But, you know, from someone like myself that's a Ravens fan, we saw that essentially they had like two to three weeks off where their starters, you know, they were the number one seed. Then they, they benched uh, pretty much all their starters. They didn't want to get Lamar and their, their big running backs injured. So um, they benched them on the last game, which was irrelevant. Then they had a bye, and then they had the Titans, which were rolling. So, you know, we'll see. That, that changes the whole dynamic of they're going to have momentum. Um, it, it shifts the momentum. It shifts the pay. For a fan perspective, it's more action, uh, which is great to see. But maybe they might need to figure out a way to either – you know, get more, you know, increase the roster size to have more players on deck. Um, and, and we'll see how that plays out. But it's uh, very interesting news. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different things that uh, about it. I, again, I don't understand how they can't, why they're not just adding an extra bye week somewhere. Um, that That's just a confusing thing to me. I think a two week, uh, two bye weeks would also be helpful because then again, look at the NFL, then that's an extra week. Yeah. Of games that they get so they would get two extra two extra weeks of games out of this extend the season even further and, and literally just continue to become a 12-month sport you know it's insane what they've already been able to do but adding that extra bye week I think could be helpful but I'm sure there's a lot of logistics and reasons why they're not doing that so you know it is what it is and you know hopefully hopefully the players figure it out as we said they have until about March 12th so a little under a week at this point yeah and see what we can get We'll see, and there'll probably be more updates this week, but, I mean, it's a large document to read through. I've read through a few different CBAs, and it's very difficult to comprehend. There's so many logistics that, you know, someone might have a dispute with one line on a page in 400. So it takes a lot of time to, to kind of negotiate that, and the NFL takes a hard stance, and the Players Association takes a hard stance, so we'll see how they negotiate. But um, interesting story there. We'll see how that develops. Next story is still relating to NFL. We have uh, – Tony Romo, that was announced a few, you know, I think of last week to be the highest paid sports TV analyst in history with $18 million a year. But 
according to front office sports that, you know, news just broke that Peyton Manning um, might be the highest paid for $20 million a year for Monday night football. So I'm a big Peyton Manning fan. I think he'd be great analyst and he, if anyone deserves to be paid the most, but we'll see. It seems like it's breaking news as of yesterday. So um, big deal there. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, shout out to our friends over at front office sports. I think it's awesome that they're starting to get some of these huge scoops like this too. I mean, this is, this is breaking the internet a little bit, right? You know, Peyton Manning's turned ESPN down a couple times at this point, but uh, it's, it's very hard. I was, I can't remember. It might've been, I think I was checking out front office sports or, or someone that was quote tweeting the article. They said, you know, Peyton Manning's highest cap year ever was at $21 million. So as he, he will essentially make just as much, if not more as a broadcaster, because I assume it's not going to be a one or a two year deal, right? Uh, he's going to make just as much money or more as a broadcaster as he did as one of the best you know, quarterbacks of all time. So it's, uh, it's really interesting. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I love listening to him talk, of course, back on Saturday Night Live, all that stuff. So real excited to see what happens here. Yeah, and it's interesting to see where it, there's, there's such a gap between these highest paid, uh, you know, Tony Romo is making more now than he was a player. Some players have had some opinions on, you know, why am I getting paid less than that? You know, there's a lot of things that what he's going to bring to the network and the viewership and his expertise and humor and wittiness is all going to make it a lot more entertaining to watch, uh, especially for Monday Night Football at prime time. So we'll see if uh, it looks like they're they're approaching him. You know, it hasn't confirmed 100% that he signed the deal, but it, it looks like it, it's going to happen. And I'm reading here, and uh, ESPN pays the NFL $1.9 billion a year for the rights to air Monday Night Football double the $950 million paid by NBC for the higher rated Sunday night football. So ESPN, they've got the bills, you know, they're throwing it down for, for these big talent to entertain and, and co-host and, commentate. So yeah, we, yeah, we'll see, man. I think it's interesting. And of course, you know, it's not like he's just going to do Monday Night Football. I'm sure there's a lot more to the deal that, you know, will involve, you know, his TV show that he does. Maybe they'll get him on more things like that. Um, but I also saw, you know, in, in the article with Front Office Sports again, that this is a huge push for ESPN and ABC to try and get the Super Bowl. They want to be in that rotation. As we know now, it's just Fox and CBS with ESPN's deal coming up one year before everyone else's, if I'm not mistaken. They have the opportunity to negotiate a Super Bowl in there, and they're going to try and see if they can steal away some of those Sunday afternoon games uh, to put them on e ABC as well or ESPN just to get more and more. And if you have someone like Peyton Manning on your team, it's going to be a little bit easier. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and it seems like a bidding wars with a lot of these big networks. And if you're highly talented, like a Peyton Manning, it's a good person to be in the mix because you're, you can, you have a lot of leverage on both sides or, okay, if I'm not going with ESPN, I'll go with NBC and they're willing to outspend each other. So if you're a talent and you're in the middle of that, that's great. Cause you can just push that negotiation price up. I want to know how much Troy Aikman's gonna he's gonna ask for. He's the guy that's been actually doing this for the last I don't know 15, 20 years. It feels like he gets paid you know pennies compared to what these newbies are getting paid. So I'm real curious what he's gonna ask for. Yeah, and and who knows if this happens, but that would be really cool to see Peyton Manning and Tony Robo in the same booth. You know, it might be a little bit too much to have two quarterback personalities and mindsets, but I think they both would be hilarious to listen to and very entertaining and insightful. At the same time, we'll see if that ever happens, but. Um, yeah, that kind of wraps up that story. Next thing we're moving to is Bud Light unveiled endorsement deals this week with three NFL players who have humorous histories with the beer brand. Uh, New York Giants, wide receiver Golden Tate, Baltimore Ravens cornerback uh, Marcus Peterson, Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Eric Fisher will all serve as brand ambassadors, and they were first active 
NFL players to sign deals with Bud Light, parents uh, of the Anheuser-Busch InBev company. And, you know, especially this season where it seems it, it was kind of funny with a lot of these celebrations, a lot of these players would dive into, uh, you know, jump into the, the crowd and, and grab a Bud Light and smash it and drink it, not actually drink it, but celebrate with Bud Light, which I'm sure garnered Bud Light a lot of viral attention on Twitter, on Instagram. And it's cool to see that. And you see it actually even more with the XFL supporting that type of um, a little bit edgy type of celebration. And, and I'm surprised the NFL hasn't got a little upset, maybe fine players for that behavior. I thought it was hilarious. The fans seem to enjoy it. Bud, uh, Bud Light and all these beer brands, they seem to enjoy it enough to at least throw them ambassador type jobs. But uh, what are your thoughts of that? Is it unprofessional or maybe hilarious or what? I'm all for it, man. I mean, shoot, I want these athletes to make as much money as they can, first off. But it, it, the, the su most surprising part of it to me is that they're the first active NFL players to sign a deal with Bud Light. You know, considering yeah. how long Bud Light and, and has just been in the sports realm, right? You just assume. And I never really put two and two together, but I always just assumed there was athletes, but no. You know, so I think that's the most interesting part about it. And, it, it, you know, kudos to the brand team over there. I don't know, you know, who, who's making those ideas up or coming with it, but I think it's awesome. I think these athletes have a great opportunity to uh, to have a little bit of fun. And as you said, if, if you're going to get some fun viral moments out of it, I'm assuming those three guys, anytime they score a touchdown, get a pick, do anything impressive, they're jumping into a stands trying to find the first Bud Light they can they, they can uh, grab the first Bud Light they can find. Yeah, and it looks like they were definitely fined. It says Fisher was fined nearly 15K for when he smashed Bud Lights over his head. Um, but it sounds like Bud Lights overcompensating for that, so they're making money. So – you know, let NFL continue to find you if Bud Light continues to pay you more. And if you look at sports sponsorship, it's interesting where some of the four first forms of actually sports marketing and sports sponsorship come from like Marlboro, cigarette brands, dip, um, tobacco, um, alcohol, and all these like kind of spirits or um, enhancing things where now it's more tech or different uh, enhancements. But it's all uh, it's it all started from that, and it actually kind of lost that that kind of reception of you know players endorsing these types of um, types of consumer goods that aren't necessarily good for you and maybe not the best brand fit for most athletes. But it seems like they're doing it a good way, and it's entertaining. Um, so. You know, it's cool to see they evolve and figure out a creative way that's not necessarily harming their brand as a physical, you know, physical and, mm -hmm. and mentally performing athlete. But, you know, uh, we'll see how that goes. Maybe there's some more types of uh, Bud Light or, or types of brands that come from that. I love it, man. You know, hopefully Bud Light wants to hang out with any of my Olympic athletes. They're more than welcome. Let's set something up. Um, cool. The next, next type of uh, article we're going – to still kind of in the sponsorship round uh, realm, but AT&T, uh, the world's largest telecom company, fully launches its new streaming service, AT&T TV, which uh, national campaign featured LeBron James and other celebrities. Um, LeBron, LeBron moves to the LA Lakers in free agency in 2018, um, brought back the NBA's glamour to the franchise. AT&T hopes he can bring that same star power and millions of fans to its latest offering. So, it was reported and broken by Forbes, it looks like. And, you know, it's a big deal for LeBron, I assume, in the multi-million dollars. And uh, we'll see how he's able to kind of leverage his likeness and also the L.A. Um, you know, market to bring some type of swagger 
and type of, you know, maybe interesting mix to what AT&T is trying to uh, accomplish. Yeah, LeBron is just so smart, man. Like everything he does, I, I love to study it and just love to see you know, his, his try and understand his thoughts behind it because they had a great thing going with uh, Warner Brothers, if I'm not mistaken. And like yeah. they were they were working with a great brand, doing a lot of great things. And he pretty much used Warner Brothers as a stepping stone. Right. Like I'm sure Warner Brothers had an opportunity and, you know, there still may be something they can do there. Obviously, Space Jam 2 is coming out. I have to assume it's under the Warner Brothers label. But, you know, just him understanding that there's these new opportunities and money that will be getting thrown around like from these new streaming services and these new TV operators. Um, you know, AT&T obviously owns DirecTV. They have a lot of different assets that they can utilize. So very smart on his part to just yeah. leverage a brand that is absolutely gigantic. And, you know, he is, he is huge. So people are going to watch him no matter where he is. So all these brands and all these, uh, you know, telecom companies, I'm sure we're lining up to work with them. Absolutely. And it says he's going to earn more than $60 million off the court this year. And he's obviously one of the highest paid on the court. So, you know, it is a, he's had a long career. Maybe he's going to continue to push through to potentially play with his son, Bronny. Uh, we'll see how that progresses, but he's playing at tip top shape and he's in his thirties and we'll see how he continues to do it. He's established his legacy where he could potentially even make even more when he's retired, as you've seen with, Michael Jordan. Uh, so he's definitely banking off the court. He's capitalizing uh, when he can the most right now. And excited to see more details about this deal and how they actually activate it. Um, but very interesting story there. And um, we'll keep it moving. Um, any other thoughts on that before we go to the next uh, next story? No, just where whoever he's working with, you know, I love I love to see the people he's working with and the ideas that they come up with because I just think this one is is absolutely fantastic. It's super smart on his part. A little bit of a risk, I think. Obviously, it's because it's a new platform, but from AT and T's perspective, they're automatically getting you know however many hundreds of millions of people that pay attention to LeBron on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Uh, so you know, from his perspective, is he getting paid? The content's going to be there. And from AT&T's perspective, they just get a huge audience they can tap into immediately. Absolutely. Next, next news we're breaking into is uh, with the New York Knicks. So there's a lot of controversy going on with um, their team ownership, their uh, on-the-court uh, performance. But they recently just hired a, a new president to run the club, uh, Leron, uh, uh, Leon Rose, who was a, uh, one of the most powerful NBA agents trying to turn around the franchise. And um, it's interesting to see this because, you know, not always you have an agent um, type of personality lead the, um, lead a, you know, professional club like that. But for someone like him, um, you know, I think agents are savvy, business minded. They can, you know, look at the financials. They know how to work with players. So I think it's a good move in the right direction. You also have this Spike Lee debacle that um, really infuriated and, and uh, MSG reported that they had the lowest um, live attendance uh, I think in the past 12 years um, because of that whole Spike Lee and he spent over 10 million dollars uh, you know the past you know you know I think he spent 30 mm -hmm. 30,000 30 grand 300 grand a year and he really wasn't pleased with how they treated him and you know, from the front office, from the service standpoint, you know, things are, are looking like it's going to change a little bit. But what are your thoughts on, you know, having at least an NBA agent take over, you know, the helm for this job? 
Yeah, so the Spike Lee thing, let's always remember there's three sides to every story, right? But the way the Knicks went go about all of these things is always wrong. You know, I'm a big Mets fan and I can see it all the time. It's just they always do the wrong thing no matter what. All they had to do was apologize. But instead they come out and call him laughable that he's a victim in this situation. Literally all you had to do is say, yeah, man, we're sorry. Let's just make it right. That's all you have to do publicly. You know, behind the scenes you do whatever, but publicly you just say you're sorry. So that is, you know, that's ridiculous. That's just the Knicks. That's some New York sports teams right um you know considering the yankees are in town like why don't these teams pay attention to them but that's again that's a more personal thing um as far as leon rose you know honestly i do not know too too much about the guy but as far as agents taking over teams it's been a little bit more prevalent in the nba uh the warriors did it the the lakers did it um and, and you know you, you point to the warriors and say well it worked out yes it worked out and the lakers you say it worked out now but if you talked to us two years ago about how great a job Rob Blank was doing, everyone would have said, well, he actually sucks, <laughs> right? He hasn't been good at all. He's just lucky LeBron's like, all right, yeah, I, I want to start this multimedia company um, and make billions of dollars that way too. So I'll come to Los Angeles. You're welcome. And then LeBron, thankfully, Clutch, uh, Clutch Sports said, hey, AD, you want to make some more money too? come to Los Angeles. So I don't think Rob Blanca is doing a very good job. I think he was just kind of there, no matter who the GM was. LeBron was going to come there and he was going to bring AD along with him. So I think, you know, that, so I don't know. And, you know, again, being a Mets fan, we have an agent as, as the GM and he's terrible in my opinion. Um, he's again, just does the, the wrong thing constantly. And it's, it's, it's very frustrating. So I think it's a personality thing. And, you know, apparently this guy knows a lot of people, knows the financials, as you said, knows, knows the, the league and everything going on, but it's just, I, I don't get it. And, you know, we'll see. People are going to continue to take these risks. And, you know, hopefully it works out for the Knicks. They're, they're bad and still the biggest uh, basketball franchise, you know, in terms of dollars. So I can only imagine what it would be like if they were good. Absolutely. We'll see how it pans out. And, you know, it would be cool just being in New York to see, you know, I'm, I'm more of an NBA fan, not necessarily, a, you know, huge opinion on which teams are good. I like following the players. I like working with that ecosystem. But from a standpoint, if the New York Knicks are playing well, I think it would be amazing to be living in New York City and experiencing that type of atmosphere. And there's a lot of ways to capitalize. So that's what I'm you know, worried about and concerned about. But we'll see how that plays through. Um, we'll move to the next article regarding the coronavirus. So clearly coronavirus is affecting the economy, all different angles. Let's kind of focus more on like how it's affecting sports and is it affecting sports business? And it definitely is where we have an article with Los Angeles County officials have discussed the possibility of banning spectators from attending sports events in Southern California in an attempt to slow down the spread of coronavirus. The county declared a health emergency wellness on Wednesday. And as you've seen some increase these cases, we also have conversations about Tokyo Olympics potentially getting canceled or uh, moved around. We have stadiums in Italy that are canceling soccer matches, football matches, which is almost unheard of because they, that's one of, they're super passionate about the sport. And there's tons of things going on. There might be canceling of South by Southwest that's kind of in the air, which is next week, and there's a sports track. So it's, it is affecting the business of sports. And, you know, I think that hopefully we can figure out a way to rally around this. And there's opportunities always. But what are your thoughts on this, especially from the Olympic standpoint or from what you've seen it, or maybe ways it has potentially affected you? Yeah. So thankfully it hasn't affected me yet. Uh, but we'll see, obviously the more it grows, uh, you know, the more, the more opportunities it has to affect me, I guess. But, you know, as far as the Olympic perspective, I find it very hard to believe they're going to cancel the Olympics unless this thing gets 
absolutely out of control um, and they can't stop it or can't do anything about it, the Olympics is going to go on. Let's be honest, how many billions and billions of dollars are invested into those two weeks out of every four years? I, they're not going to shut that stuff down. There's too much, too much money involved, too many people. But, um, you know, as far as a lot of these other things, you know, there, there are, um, there are qualifications that are getting canceled. There are World Cups getting canceled in the lead up to the Olympics. So it has been affecting the Olympic athletes already. As far as stateside here, I mean, if they shut down Los Angeles, you know, so you have the Lakers, the Clippers, the uh, the Dodgers. Now, you know, baseball is coming around. The Angels, the Kings. There's so many teams That's in Southern Los Angeles that it could really start to affect things. And from the business perspective, let's be honest, most of these teams make their money from the TV revenue. Right. But it's the sponsorships that come along with that as well. So if there's nobody coming to their stadiums, these sponsors are going to say, hey, you know, you know, we're here. You know, we're trying to engage with the hundreds of thousands of people that come through here on a weekly basis. If No one's coming through here. We're going to have to work on some opportunity. And I'm sure the sponsors and the teams and the leagues, they're going to figure out a way to work together. But I think that's where we're going to start to see some contention is if people aren't coming to the stadium, they're not buying beer, they're not buying hot dogs. These teams will lose revenue, but it's really the sponsors that I think are going to say, guys, is there something we could do here? Because we're mm-hmm. losing out on a ton of those eyeballs that we're essentially looking for. That's why we're here, right? Yeah. And, and um, me being just an eternal optimist of, hey, you know, if I sell sponsorship, you know, the brands are, you know, they can negotiate even harder and say, hey, we're going to get, we're going to negotiate less in my opinion, coronavirus is going to pass over. Everything's going to be okay. We're all going to be all right. Um, I'm sorry for everyone that might be affected in other countries, but at the end of the day, you know, there's opportunities to facilitate sponsorships with brands that align with that healthy, maybe can help solve those problems that there is always an opportunity, whether it's some way to help you keep hydrated or stay healthier or whatever it is, there's always products that you can implement into this, this way that can actually solve those problems. So, Regardless of what's going on, it is affecting people's sentiment. People are decreasing traveling, and um, you know that's kind of affecting airline um, and leisure stocks a little bit more. But from a standpoint of sports business, people travel and spend a lot of money on that leisure, and it, we might see a decrease in that. And who knows, like what this sentiment could lead to? Whether it's potential setback of a recession, we'll see. I think sports, um, it's interesting. It always prevails. It's always an opportunity to bring people together. So regardless of this crisis that's going on, leveraging sports to bring people together and forget, you know, and kind of lose their memory or, you know, not lose their memory, but kind of detach from a lot of problems. That's what sports is all about. So um, we'll see how it progresses, but I'm optimistic on we'll, we'll be okay. Yeah. And you, you make a great point, you know, rather than looking at it, you know, look for new sponsors now that are yeah. in that healthy space. Look for new sponsors that are interested in, in tapping into, let's be honest, the, the media frenzy that's happening with the coronavirus. You know, obviously, as we said, the uh, LA County is considering just uh, banning spectators from attending sports. And if you look two sentences down, it says the number of corona cases, uh, coronavirus cases in the region have increased to seven. Wow. Seven, seven, single digit. So it's, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a media frenzy. People love talking about it. People love writing about it. We're super negative here. It's, it's just what it is. And yeah, I think, I think you're right. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to blow over certain areas of the world, like Northern Italy. Um, I have a friend who's not traveling there this weekend because of the, uh, the, they pretty much said you can't come here. So, uh, you know, there's obviously things that are happening, but I, I, I agree with you. I think everything's going to be just fine. Absolutely. And, and, um, and, and it, yeah, it's just a PR frenzy. You know, the companies or a team doesn't want to be the first stadium to have 
coronavirus infected or it's all that perception rather than actually the harm that it causes. There's a lot more problems that our country and this world is dealing with rather than the death rate of this. It's still significant. It's still something that we need to focus on solving, but there's a lot of other bigger problems that we also, we also shoot under the rug sometimes. So um, we'll see how it develops. Let's be optimistic here, but um, that kind of wraps up the top six news stories. Um, enjoyed that little breakdown. We'll kind of keep it rolling um, to the Sports Biz Pod. Just a little recap. This is the episode released on Friday. We did an interview with Matt Stover um, on Tuesday that we released. He's one of the third most accurate NFL kickers. He runs the Players Philanthropy Fund in Baltimore, Maryland. He kicked for almost 20 years in the NFL. Very great quick interview that we did while we were in Miami for Super Bowl. Go check that out. Now we'll kind of move quickly to Sports Biz Events. Um, that will kind of break down. So this weekend, we got MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference in Boston, Massachusetts, one of the biggest collegiate level uh, put together types of conferences with past speakers of, you know, Obama and amazing, you know, athletes. So that was a conference we were very close to attending, but um, just, you know, a lot of things going on here in New York. Um, another event that's going on actually right now is the Sports Innovation Meetup powered by 76 Capital, and it's also in part with the Maxwell Awards in Atlantic City, New Jersey event. I was very close to attending, but I'm, from what I've seen, it's uh, going very well. Uh, we also have South by Southwest on March. Uh, the sports track is March 13th to 16th. Um, we've kind of briefly mentioned that there were concerns that it was being canceled. From what I've seen, there hasn't been an official release. I think we're going to continue to go on with that. Then we have um, the following week, you got St. Patrick's Day on the 17th. And then on March 20th, you have Penn State Sports Business Conference in State College, which is a great collegiate level conference put on um, by the students there. And I attended last year, great, great place to be. Same day as well, Temple Sports Business Conference in Philadelphia. Then uh, we keep it moving into the week of March uh, of March 23rd, where we have the 2020 CAA World Congress of Sports in uh, California from March 25th to 26th. Um, we also have that same week, uh, Sport Techie State of the Industry. Michael, you and I, we attended that conference last year at the Barclays Center. Um, well-run event, a lot of technology, very likely that we'll be back myself. I'm sure you might be back there as well. Mm -hmm. um, so anyone listening, if you attend that, reach out to either of us. We, we might see you there. And uh, keeping it rolling, we're um, kind of last week of March. We have the uh, SEME Sports um, Events Marketing Conference in Washington, D.C. Uh, then we start, you know, March Madness, which is interesting. And um, we're actually looking to plan, hopefully, an, our next sports biz event at the end of March, early April. Keep you posted. Uh, we're looking to do a music and sports type of networking mixer. We have some good brands. We have some good people and partners lining up. We'll release some more information there, but it's going to be one of our best events we've put on so far. Um, keep you posted. Reach out to me if you would like to get access to that. Michael, I'll definitely be sending you the details on that. Um, then kind of briefly into, um, you know, March Madness picking up, which is going to be exciting. Um, I don't know if you have any predictions for teams. I, I'm not too in depth with who's playing well and all that, but it's, it's a great time to be watching this exhilarating tournament, but I don't know if you have any predictions or thoughts. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Okay. We'll see what happens. Um, lots of sports betting that we'll be covering on because of that. There's so much, um, 
finances and money that go into the tournament, whether it's sponsorship, whether it's sports betting, a lot of opinions on how much how much money these athletes are bringing in for these sponsors and colleges and they're not receiving. So we'll have a lot of debates or, you know, conversations about that in upcoming weeks. And then, you know, going right into April, very, very early in April, you got the Masters Golf Tournament, which kind of really kicks off um, the spring in sports, in my opinion. I plan on being there. Um, for that, for that tournament, I've been for three years, best sporting event that I've been to. Um, so that, that's going to be interesting. And that really kind of kicks off spring, which kind of leads to, um, you know, the Kentucky Derby, you got the NFL draft, you have all these other bigger conferences, Boston Marathon, Preakness Stakes. That's when spring's full in effect. And that's one of my favorite times of sports. Summer is fun, but kind of slows down. Winter, you know, you have, you know, the Super Bowl and then things die off a little bit. You have the NBA. For my, my opinion, spring sports are like the most jam-packed and entertaining. But, um, you know, I don't know if you have any events that you're looking forward to or anything that you might have on your agenda that you might be attending. Yeah, I mean, as far as events, always looking for stuff. Um, you know, I was considering going to Penn State, but also saw Temple's on the same day. And I know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 76 Capital is going to be doing something at the the Temple event on March 20th. So I was looking into that. I think tickets for non-students, like 25 bucks or something. And being close enough to Philadelphia, I have friends there. I can just go there for the night. So that's a pretty easy one. Um, but yeah, I'm always looking for things to do. And I totally agree with you. March specifically, start a baseball season. March Madness. Uh, there's just so much going on, and I love every second of it. Um, draft season. I know the draft's not until a little bit later, but for NFL free agency as well, which is pretty bananas. So, no, I totally agree with you. March, March yeah. is a wonderful, wonderful month, right next to October because we get those sports equinoxes. But yep. March might be, you know, 1A to October's 1B. I like it. Yeah, and, and especially being in New York, we push through the cold and the winters are tough, but there's so much going on here. And then once – the weather comes around, you know, you see a lot more things kind of happening, pulling together, but big fan of the spring. You got the SBs in the summer. You got the MLB All-Star, the NBA Draft, uh, the Olympics. There's so much going on and looking forward to. Um, that kind of wraps up sports events. Uh, we have an events calendar um, that goes out every Monday, so we consolidate the best sports to one place on a calendar. It's a free resource that we've built that helps people save a lot of time and money because we give away tickets, we give discounted tickets. So it's a resource that we've used to give back, and you're going to continue to see actually even more enhanced version of this in the upcoming months as we kind of develop it more. But that kind of covers the events. And then to finish this, we'll kind of – recap uh, some of the top six sports biz jobs that are um, kind of new this week. Um, kind of first plug on our end, we have the Manhattan Sports Business Academy. It's a program that I'm going to be personally running, eight-week summer immersion program. We find the best college students that want to break into the sports industry. And we have four pillars. We place them in an internship. We pair you with mentors. We give you a you know, speaker series talking to some various sports executives. And we have workshops and various ways for you to kind of learn, develop, grow, connect. Very amazing program. It's going since 2012. We're filling up applications very fast. So go to www.gomsba.com. Fill out your application if you're in college or if you know somebody that would be a good fit. I am really can say with a high level of confidence that kids coming and the college students going through this program, um, I'm going to be helping show the ropes directly. We're going to be exposing you to a lot of opportunities to meet people, hopefully like yourself, Michael, as like mm -hmm. a mentor. And we'll be touring all the major sports teams, leagues, agencies, their offices or their venues. 
and it's going to be very immersive. It's going to be one of the most fun summers you've had. So that's kind of my quick plug with that, but we're filling up applications quick, reviewing, reviewing thousands of applicants. So put your application in, reach out. We'd love to talk more. Moving quickly to the next type of role that we're kind of spotlighting is a marketing manager for proposals and strategy at Overtime. Great opportunity, one of the fastest growing media brands with the most engaged audience. From what I've seen, they have offices in Dumbo, Brooklyn, very fast growing. They've raised quite an amount of money. Great team, great leadership, great content. Um, go check that out and reach out if you have questions about that job. Another role is a sales account executive at Confirm 360, a lifestyle experiences and they, they work in sports entertainment music they essentially provide this luxury concierge type service for people to get access to these amazing experiences another role that's kind of a plug on our end we're looking for college brand ambassadors um where we have all these resources that we're building the podcast the events the newsletter we're gonna have some other big projects coming out we want to find the best students that they can passively help recruit and promote this. So if you are a college student, whether it's Manhattan Sports Business Academy or something that you maybe already have, if you don't have an internship or where you, if you do, we'd love to get you involved you know, ASAP with that. Last two jobs, we got a strategy associate at Endeavor. Um, great, great job. You know What they're doing, they're making big acquisitions, one of the biggest agencies, another big agency, Sports Business Affairs associate, uh, Assistant with CAA. So... That's the top six sports biz events, uh, jobs, news, all that. Um, really excited to have you on, Michael. Any anything else? Maybe to kind of close it out out the week or any additional thoughts? There's no. There's every every day we get 24 hours in a day. Use them as well as you can. Um, I always ask people to have phone calls on Saturdays, and and when they say yes, I always appreciate it because. Uh, uh, I love having phone calls Saturdays, Sundays, however it is. And and if anyone's really interested, just one more plug for myself. I'm actually on Sirius Radio from five to seven every um, every Sunday, uh, talking fantasy sports. So I know I work a lot in the Olympics, but I do love this sports stuff as well. So that one's a lot of fun. So uh, the Sirius um, Sirius XM Fantasy Channel. Can't remember exactly what. I think eighty seven and two ten maybe, but it's a it's a fun gig, a lot of fun, and and uh, just get to chat about sports betting and and uh, fantasy sports. So nothing nothing too wrong with that either. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, keep crushing it, Michael, and looking forward to being on your podcast soon. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're excited to see where we continue to put out these podcasts. If you haven't already, go subscribe, go give us a five-star rating, connect with us on social media at SportsBiz Group on all social channels. Go to our website, www.sportsbizgroup.com, where we have all the resources, the events that we do, the podcasts that are there, and just a good way to subscribe to our newsletter, stay on top of news. We're really trying to help people get an edge in the industry by being in our ecosystem. And, you know, someone like yourself, Michael, you've been a very um, early adopter to what we've been building. Super appreciative of that. And hopefully you've seen some of the benefits of, you know, being part of this network and being part of these events and maybe the connections of people that you might be able to get on your podcast or the connections you'd be able to make and just being part of that. And, Hopefully you're a good, you know, case study of someone that's been been able to benefit. So we're we're excited to continue to add those like value propositions. Yeah, man, I love it. Um, the the Slack group especially is always cool just to see the people from all over the world and all these different industries doing all these different things. It's super super enjoyable for me uh, just to get to talk to everybody. You know, I'm a huge networker yep. as as you said before, and you know the opportunities to speak with people at your events uh, within your ecosystem within this community that you've been able to build, Nick, has been a lot of fun. Um, obviously, hanging out with you every once in a while, you and Andy has been a lot of fun too but yeah man really do appreciate you you having me on today and really appreciate you uh let me into the group a little bit absolutely go connect with michael 
He was, uh, he's an expert podcaster that I was able to call last minute and he pulled this off. So great person to connect with. Go check him out on LinkedIn, super connector um, and great person to be in, in your network. But thanks so much, Michael, to, to have you on and, and thank you everyone to listening and we'll, we'll see you uh, next episode. Cheers. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.